You might recall that last year we didn't have Holy Thursday. We didn't have Palm Sunday, Good Friday, or even Easter Sunday. At least we're making some progress. Well, Holy Week has begun. And while many restrictions in dealing with the pandemic are still in force, the reality of what Christ has done has not been diminished. He who is the light of the world was arrested at night. All the disciples, enlightened by Christ's teachings and miracles, abandoned him at night. The Sanhedrin, the Jewish legal body that brought the light of the Torah's justice, the law of Moses to the people, convened at night in flagrant violation of the Torah. It was at night. False witnesses testified that Jesus said things he never did. It was at night that the very ones who should have known the reality of who Jesus is, the high priest and all the other temple priests, the scholars of the law, condemned him as deserving death. It was at night that Peter, who had witnessed the glory of the transfiguration, allowed fear to dominate him and denied Jesus three times. We often abandon Jesus when we are in darkness. And what is worse, we often think that our darkness is light. <coughs> the following morning, the Jewish authorities brought Jesus before Pilate, but they were still wrapped in darkness. And Jesus would not reply to any of the things the chief priests accused him of, which intrigued Pilate. Pilate saw through all the political posturing. He saw all the maneuvering that was going on. So Pilate offered to follow a tradition to release a prisoner of the people's choice, Jesus or Barabbas? Perhaps hoping, perhaps, that the crowd would see Jesus' innocence and choose him. The gospel uses a specific word to describe this crowd, the oklos. It means a group that will suddenly and violently turn on someone, a mob. Earlier, many of these same people shouted out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! And they laid palm branches in front of him as they would a king. So Pilate presented them with the choice. Jesus or Barabbas? A known revolutionary, and certainly not one held in high esteem by the Sanhedrin. The name Barabbas is interesting it actually means son of the father. Barabbas, son of the father. And yet here is Jesus, the only true son of the father from all eternity. Pilate, the temple hierarchy, and the crowd were utterly clueless. Are we 
The people saw the miracles, heard Jesus' teachings, watched Jesus reduce the authorities to silence. It's very likely so did a number in the, in the Sanhedrin. And Pilate most certainly had his spies, would have kept him informed of what Jesus said and did. In fact, this may be behind in Matthew's Gospel, where Matthew mentions that Pilate's wife pleaded with Pilate, have nothing to do with this holy man. So why did the people reject the true son of the father? They, like we, were unwilling to embrace what all those signs called for, discipleship and the suffering that comes with discipleship. So they cried out, crucify him. They chose for their Barabbas. We do the same thing when we don't want the inconveniences of discipleship. Pilate ordered Jesus to be scourged, a vicious and painful punishment. Many men died from that brutality before they even got to the cross. Notice the irony. The soldiers mockingly dressed Jesus in purple, a color reserved for royalty, not realizing how right they were. They gave him a crown made of thorns and mockingly paid homage, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, while hitting him and spitting on him. Again, utterly clueless that they had indeed spat on, struck, the king of kings, their king, the king of all humanity. And after Jesus was nailed to the cross, the chief priests and scribes, the ones who should have known better, mocked Jesus saying, let the Christ, the king of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. And even if the Lord did come down from the cross, they would not have believed. And then came the supreme arrogance. The Sanhedrin, Pilate, the crowd, the soldiers, thought they finally did away with Jesus once and for all. The gospel indeed tells us Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. And all who were there concluded the obvious. Jesus was dead. He had succumbed to all the brutalities he was subjected to. That is not what happened. The sense of the Greek text of the gospel is that Jesus' last breath was not as you and I will experience at the moment you die, at the moment I die. All fallen creatures are victims of death. Jesus, however, was not a victim of death, but rather the master of his human death. His last breath was his last willful act of our human nature. As God, he knew when all the prophecies had been fulfilled, when the precise moment had come that all people, past, present, and future, could be saved, including you and me. 
And it was at that moment Jesus voluntarily entered into death. No human being, not the Jews, not the Romans, not even the cross, took Jesus' life. Jesus tells us this in John's Gospel. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down freely. He who is the true Son of the Father lovingly gave his life back to the Father at that precise moment when your salvation and my salvation was achieved. The Gospel tells us that at the very moment the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. What's that about? The veil separated the holy of holies where God dwelt from mankind. Jesus, having torn that veil, tells us there is no more separation between God and man. Unless, of course, we allow it. <laughs>